At the Canaan Church, our mission is bringing people to Christ and helping every person to become a mature disciple in Christ. Canaan Christian Church, where people dare to dream. We are studying about the order of the house, the order of the house. And uh, as we talk about the order of house, we're talking about what is God's will for our lives individually and what is God's will for the life of the church collectively. And it makes a great difference on how we all live when we live our lives within the parameters of the will of God. And whatever God's will is for his church, that is God's will for our lives. Let me just say quickly, parenthetically, let me celebrate everyone's presence this morning. I sent a phone tree out encouraging everyone in light of the message on this past Sunday that let's follow up with that message with the spirit of obedience. Didn't Janice Harris and Joan Coates Lewis do a tremendous job on Sunday? Lord have mercy. And so uh, we want to respond in obedience to that word. And uh, I'm asking one other thing. I called some people. Not only did I send a phone tree message out, but I'm the kind of pastor. I don't ask people to do what I won't first do myself. So I called some people, Brother Hokum and Brother Mills. I, I personally called people yesterday and encouraged them to be present at Bible study today. Amen. And I'm going to every week, I'm going to just randomly call some people. I'm asking every person here, every person, every week to reach out to one person in the church and encourage that person to come join you at Bible study. Brother Hokum, Brother Mills, I'm asking the deacons every week and I'll bring it up again Saturday at the deacons meeting I'm asking all of our deacons every week to reach out to one person and encourage that person to be with them uh, at Bible study. I'm asking the same thing of the trustees. I'm asking the same thing of the leadership team of our church. So I'm asking you to do that. And if you just do that every week, then watch the people that God uses you to influence and to impact and bless their lives. Come on, celebrate God for using you. I want you to turn in the New Testament to the book of Titus. We're in chapter 1, and uh, we looked at verses 1 through 9, and I want us to look at verse 10 through 16, verse 10 through 16 in Titus chapter 1. For there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers, especially, especially those of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped who subvert whole households, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. One of them, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Therefore rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men, turn from the truth. To 
to the pure all things are pure but to those who are defiled and unbelieving nothing is pure but even their mind and conscience are defiled they profess to know God but in works they deny him being abominable disobedient and disqualified for every good work amen now today as we talk about the order of the house uh, the focus of this particular pericope is on the issue of false prophets and false teachers and the reason why it is imperative that there is order in the house is so that you are not seduced and led astray by people for whom the demonic would use to disrupt, to deceive, and to get you off track in your relationship with God. So there has to be order in the house because there's some things that the church ought not allow and the church ought not put up with. Amen. Now, we, we concluded on last Wednesday with verse 9 in chapter 1. Uh, where it says holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught and that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who, contra who uh, contradict and verses 1 through 9 is talking to us about the expectations of leadership in the church, the expectation of the bishop, the elder, the pastor, the expectation of other leadership in the church, but it begins with the pastoral leadership of the church. As goes the leadership, as goes the church. Churches take on the personality of their pastor, and every pastor ought to have a high commitment to ensure and to propagate the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to make sure that the people of God are sound in their understanding of the faith. So on one hand, we can say that my role as a pastor is to declare a gospel that speaks of reconciliation. Reconciliation. On the other hand, I must declare and teach a gospel that will also rebuke. On one hand, uh, I must declare a gospel that comforts people comforts. But on the other hand, I must teach a gospel that will confront. Because it is important that the pastor, the bishop, the elder, the leader of the church stands strong on, as the writer of Jude says, contending for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. So we're talking about the issue of false prophets the issue of false teachers and as we talk about this issue I need you to understand that the concern that uh, people like Paul and others had in the first century that concern is still a very relevant and real concern for the church today now uh, to help us to understand how uh, serious this matter is I'm going to ask you to look at several passages of scripture in the Bible particularly in the New Testament records that underscores this issue of false prophets and false teachers if it keeps showing up in the Bible 
if it keeps on showing up in the Bible, that means that you better pay attention to it. It means that you better heed. It means you ought to take it serious. Well, why don't we start with Jesus? So let's turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7, verse 15. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. I hope you can get there quick because I'm going to have to keep moving so I can get back to Titus. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 reads like this. Now, this is Jesus speaking. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Now, let's turn to Mark's gospel, chapter 13. Mark chapter 13, we're going to look at verses 22 and 23. Mark chapter 13, verses 22 and 23. The word reads like this. Again, this is Jesus speaking. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. But take heed, see, I have told you all things beforehand. Jesus says that if we ain't careful, they will deceive the very elect. All right, let's turn to Acts chapter 20. Let's go to the book of Acts chapter 20. And let's look at verses 29 and 30. Acts chapter 20, verses 29 and 30. Let's actually start, let's start with verse 28. This is Paul speaking to the elders at the church at Ephesus. Verse 28, chapter 20 in the book of Acts. Therefore take heed to yourselves and all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. The false prophets, the false teachers are not all outside. Some can show up in the church Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 verse 2 through 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 2 through 4. This is Paul writing to the church at Corinth. For I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. I have betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. 
But I fear, least somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit, which you have not received, or a different gospel, which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. Do you hear what Paul is saying? The church, one of the metaphors of the church is the church is the bride of Christ. When Jesus comes, there's going to be a wedding. The church will go home to be with the Lord Jesus Christ as his bride. When Jesus was resurrected from the grave, he ascended back to glory. But before he ascended back to glory, he slipped a ring on the church's finger. And the church was now engaged to Christ. She is his beloved. She's spoken for. My role, like Paul, the role of the bishop, the role of the pastor, the role of the elder, is to keep the church, the bride of Christ, faithful to her beloved until the wedding day. So the bishop, the pastor, the elder is to be the bridegroom's friend. The pastor, the bishop, the elder ain't supposed to run off with the bride. And Paul says, you read the text now, I have a godly jealousy over you. So you may say, Pastor, you show our tight on us at Canaan. You jealous about us? Yeah, sure am. A godly jealousy. Because I know there's some folk in here who would like to run off with the bride. So whenever it's necessary, I got to stand up, speak up, and say, Canaan is spoken for. She's married to Jesus. She belongs to the Lord. All right. Turn to 1 Timothy. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verses 1 through 3. The word of God reads like this. Now the Spirit express, expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with, an, with a hot iron, forbidding to marry 
and commandments to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. That's a prophetic utterance. It wasn't just true in Paul's day, it's true in our day. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away, for of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janice and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no farther, for their folly will be manifested to all as theirs also was. That's a prophetic word. Do you think it was just for Paul's day? I want you to know that this book, the Bible, is an old book, but it's not an outdated book. When you read these scriptures, it's like reading the front page of the Courier Journal. Turn to 2 Peter chapter 2. Turn to 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who, brought, who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber. Peter says people will make their way into the church and will deceive you with deceptive words. Some people have quote unquote what you've heard called the gift of gab. They, they can talk. They can talk. And they slick with the talking. And, and don't let them be able to put a latoon with it. And we become gullible. We'll even say stuff like, boy, he's anointed. Boy, she's gifted. But what you ain't thinking about uh, what spirit are you talking to? Okay. Let's go a little farther. Let's go to 1 John chapter uh, 2, 
1 John chapter 2, uh, verses 18 through 23. 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 through 23. Little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists, plural, have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. The devil is the Antichrist. John says, but there are many other Antichrists, plural. The devil is not omnipresent. He's not everywhere at the same time, so he employs uh, other demons, other unclean spirits to help assist in carrying out his diabolical plans. Demonic spirits don't live in brick and mortar. Unclean spirits house themselves in people. Paul, I mean, John says you have an anointing. That means that you have the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God lives abides in you. You have an anointing. And because of the anointing that is in you, when you come around people who have an unclean spirit, beep, 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 an alarm goes off. We could call it discernment. Discernment is like American Express, never leave home without it. And when you come around people of unclean spirits, if you walk closely with God, and I'm not trying to make you paranoid, I don't want you to walk out of here and everybody you see the rest of the day, you, you looking at them crazy. But what I am saying to you without apology, is that spiritual warfare is real and unclean spirits are real and if you walk closely with God the Spirit of God will help you to discern when the person that you're talking to is not of God they went out from us because they were not of us demons recognized Jesus when church folk didn't. Yes. 
you better teach up in here Walter Malone Jr. And a church that understands the order of the house, a church that is serious about its spiritual character, creates an ambience where people with unclean spirits don't feel comfortable. So don't get sad when some folk leave. Some need to leave. The witch went out the door. The warlock left the premises. Praise the Lord. And that's why worship and all that we do ought to have a sense of holiness about it. Now, I, I, I know for some of y'all, this, this is unsettling. And it's unsettling because, you see, you've been more religious than you've been Christian. So you've been okay with demons and you've been okay with unclean spirits because you ain't never gave it serious thought. And you ain't recognize how susceptible you made yourself to, to the to the, to the underworld or the unclean world. Everyone that denies Christ is an antichrist. I mean, he that doesn't have the son ain't got the father. Why are you spending 45 minutes talking to people about religion and arguing? You ain't got to spend that much time. One question. Just tell me what do you think about Jesus? And if you can't get that question right, have a Coke and a smile, have a good rest of the day. We, we ain't got nothing else to talk about. I ain't playing with no unclean spirit. I wanted to go to the movie the other day so bad. I like going to the movie. I wanted to go so bad. But what not a lot showing. They had one movie called The Raising of the Evil Dead. I said, I hope I do go in there to watch that. I'm gonna pay $20 for popcorn and coke and everything and go watch the, the raising of the evil dead. I gotta deal with evil enough every day. I ain't gonna pay Joe Lee to go watch the devil and eat some popcorn. He is a lie. Turn to First uh, John chapter four. First John chapter four, verses one through three. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the, this is the spirit of the Antichrist which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Do you think that the scriptures were just talking to the people in John's day? Brothers and sisters, this word is relevant. The devil is present. He shows up to work. You'll get that on the way home. Second John, verse 7.
Second John verse 7. For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. I mean, how many times does the Bible have to keep telling us? If they can't get it right about Jesus, then the spirit is unclean. That's why I'm a Jesus only person. Amen. I only worship one God. He's the one who's made himself known in the person of Jesus Christ. Turn to the book of Jude. Let's read first verses 3 and 4 and then we'll read verses 17 through 19. Verses 3 and 4. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for the, this condemnation, ungodly men who turned the grace of our God into lewdness and denied the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Jude says we are to contend for the faith. Ron, this is what apologetics is all about. Everyone shout apologetics. Apologetics, apologetics is our taking a stand biblically and theologically for what we believe. It is to take the position like a lawyer. We defend the faith. We don't have to defend God, but we defend the faith that is what we believe concerning God. And brothers and sisters, it matters what you believe. Don't let nobody if you talking about where well, it don't matter as long as you believe in there's a God. The devil's a lie again. It matters what you believe. We have to contend for the faith. Amen. Let's look at verses 17 and 19. Um, but you, beloved, Remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. These are sensual persons who cause divisions not having the spirit. Amen. We contend for the faith. Um, you got to know what you believe. I applaud you for being here today for Bible study. And let me say again that on Sunday, uh, Janice Harris and Joan Lewis did a phenomenal job in their presentation of the theme, the word of God for the family of God. Listen to that title, The Word of God for the Family of God. That's what they taught Sunday, The Word of God for the Family of God. The plan was, Pastor, you just kind of push the, the boat out into the water. We're going to take it from there. Then you come back, Pastor, and put a ribbon on it. I pushed the boat out there. But when the boat got out there, 
They took it on. Janice Harris was phenomenal in her presentation of how this word relates to the ministry of children and youth. The Bible is clear. Bring up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. Mothers and fathers have a responsibility to teach their children the word of God and bring them up under the admonition of the Lord. Sunday, this coming Sunday, I'm going to bless the children and the youth, but I'm going to tell parents, God says, give your child a chance. Because you, you, you taint their future when you don't bring them up in the word of God. That ain't a good thing. Joan did a great job talking about the word of God for the spiritual edification for the people of God, adults. Because you confess your hope in Christ and then where are you going to go from there? Are you just going to say, I believe that there's a God and then you're going to be comfortable with just being religious? Or are you going to get in this word? The, the Connection Group Bible study is one of the most important things we do in this church because every person who is saved is going to be nurtured in the word of God. We're going to build community with one another and then we're going to bring others to Christ. This, this study that we do every Wednesday, you ought to be thanking Jesus for the Canaan church. You ought to thank God for a pastor who's committed to imparting the word of God in your life. Because you and I, we're not doing God no favor being here today. Look at somebody and say, God's blessing me right now. Because there's a spiritual impartation that's taking place in your life right now. The devil is so mad because Adam pulled the sheets off of him this morning. The Bible over and over and over again speaks to us about false prophets, false teachers, unclean spirits, the Antichrist. Brothers and sisters, if it keeps showing up, if it keeps showing up, you better pay attention to it. My role is to teach you the word of God so you can live a strong, victorious, and spiritually vibrant life. My, my responsibility is to put this word in you so fervently that your whole house is blessed. That you then prepare to lead your sons and daughters in the faith. Husbands can help be a priest now to their wives. Wives as godly women can be a blessing to their husband and to their children. So the whole family is spiritually strong. Amen. I'm not going home with you. And the question is not how strong are you on Sunday in the sanctuary. The question is who are you between the Sundays? The question is what can you do if somebody from the Mormon church shows up to you this week? Or from Jehovah Witness? Or from some other uh, faith? Or somebody else talking spirituality can I do a palm reading you know tarot cards 
so forth and so on. Are you strong enough in what you know you believe that the demonic cannot pull you astray? You got to know this word. That's why I'm saying, okay, everybody, we're reading Ezra, we're reading Nehemiah right now, we're reading First and Second Timothy at the end of June. I'm going to give you some other books to be able to read because the church got to get back to being a church that reads the book. You read the Bible, you study the Bible, you meditate on the word. Amen. Now, you can tell that we ain't going to get through verses 10 through 16 in Titus, but that's okay. Because in preparation to really appreciate Titus chapter 1 verses 10 through 16 that's talking about what? False prophets, false teachers. Uh, uh, Paul writing to Titus says that one of their own, one of the Cretans say that, that it is true that they're always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. In Paul's day, if somebody said that you had been cretinized, they, they were saying you've been made a good liar. I don't know if you've ever met a good liar. Because I've known some. Look you right in the face. And you know they lied. And they lie just the same. That's a good lie. They, they lie, know they lie, and keep on lying. And false prophets and false teachers, they lie to themselves, they lie to others. I'm just touching verses 10 through 16. I'm going to come back and deal with it. They wreck households. They're not just deceitful and destructive to their own lives, but they're deceitful and destructive to others. They wreck whole households, Paul says. They have a rebellious spirit and they are guilty of idle talk. That's a comment about their attitude and their actions. They're rebellious. They got the wrong attitude and their idle talk. What they're saying is empty words. It ain't going to take you nowhere. And he says, particularly those who are about the circumcision. He's talking about the Judaizers now. Those who said, it's okay to believe in Jesus, but you got to add this to him. You got to be circumcised. You got to keep certain Judaistic rituals and feast days. And you got to eat according to certain dietary laws. And if you do all of that and you believe in Jesus, then you can be okay with God. Whenever you try to add anything to Jesus, you have rejected Jesus. Paul says that, 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 that they have wrecked houses. And, and Paul is telling Titus that there are many, that there's several who have risen up in Crete. It ain't one or two. It's several who have risen up in Crete and they have infiltrated the house of the living God. But Titus, for this purpose, I sent you to Crete to set the house in order. He says their ways are not right. 
because the focus on what they do is about self-gain. It's about money. They are spiritual pimps. They're trying to pimp the church because all that they're saying is about their own personal lucrative gain. So they take prosperity out of context. Now, I don't have no problem with the word prosperity. I really don't. The word prosper shows up in the book on more than one occasion. I don't have no problem with prosperity, the word prosperity. I don't have no problem talking about the favor of God. I've, I've talked to some preachers who, who they had problem with the favor of God. And they were standing in my company. I said, well, I ain't got no problem with the favor of God. I said, because I'm where I am because of his favor. I said to them that maybe he ain't opened no doors for you, but he's opened doors for me. I have never been so smart, so intellectual, acute, so resourceful, so strong within myself that I could bring myself to where I am. No, I've always had a God on my side. So I'm thanking God for favor. But I don't misrepresent favor and I don't misrepresent prosperity. You ain't gonna find me walk around talking about telling people you ought to make it your life goal to be poor. The devil is a lie. If I'm broke and you broke, it's two broke Negroes. I mean, you don't have to be real deep to understand that. You ain't got to have no PhD in sociology to understand that. Somebody's got to have something in order to help somebody else. The Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. Well, you can't give if you ain't got Amen. I believe God blesses us so we can be a blessing to other people. It's just that some people take it out of context. Amen. Everybody shout motive. motive. The question is what is your motive? This is the last thing I'm going to say. I'll come back. We'll come back to it. There's Paul saying to Titus, he says that uh, to those who are pure, they value, they understand purity. But those who are false prophets and, and false teachers, they, 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 they don't have any, any commitment to that which is pure. So they disqualified themselves. And when we talk about, when, when I come back to this next week, I'm, I'm going to actually look at Mark chapter 7, verses 15 through 23. We'll look at that next week. Because Jesus said, it ain't what goes in your mouth that defiles you. It's what comes out of your heart. So we'll talk about that next week. Because, and I said it and I've got to stop, but one of the things we got to be careful about in the Christian faith as believers is, yes, we should be seeking purity. We should be seeking holiness. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. But we got to be careful that we don't cross that line and start thinking we're self-righteous. Because it don't take much for something to defile to come out of you. 
How long does it take you to think a corrupt thought? Not very long. And some evangelical churches have gotten this messed up. That's why I say without apology, about apology, all these evangelical churches want to talk about purity and family values, but then at the same time, they found it so convenient to vote for Donald Trump, knowing what he said. And I know the folk would say to Malone, you ought not say that because you, you ain't thinking about being uh, politically correct. Well, at some point, brothers and sisters, it ain't about being politically, politically correct. It's about speaking truth to power. The problem is some of us so scared that we ain't willing to tell the truth when truth needs to be put on the table. So here's my closing word to you comes from Jesus. If you continue in my word, you'll know the truth. And the truth will do what? It'll set you free. Come on, let's give God some praise. Hasn't this been a wonderful study today? Yeah. Pastor, I didn't know the Bible talked this much about false prophets and false teachers, but you done showed me about 10 scriptures, starting with Jesus, where it just keeps coming up and up and up and up again. And so when we read it in Titus, we can understand how serious and how real this issue is even for us today. The people represent the church no matter where we are. So stay connected and reach others as we grow in